going to your butt. I'm, of course, surprised that a story had such an immediate and profound effect upon radio listeners. Hooey pleases the boobs a great deal more than sense. Whoa, is us! We're in a lot of trouble! In politics, man must learn to rise above principle. What the hell are we doing here? We are behaving the way a superpower ought to behave. Well, our behavior has produced some crappy results. What we're witnessing now is the failure of the state. It is a death struggle for our republic. Giving voice to liberty in our time. Jerry Clark. Welcome to it, folks. You're listening to the Joey Clark Radio Hour. On the eve of a midterm election. And Troy is here in studio, as he usually is on Mondays. We're fresh off of seeing the new Queen movie last night. Yeah. And it got me in the mood to go listen to some, like, deep-cut queen. Mm-hmm. Now, number one, folks, not a perfect movie. And even if you're a die-hard queen fan, like, there's going to be stuff out of place. Like, why are they playing Fat Bottom Girls that early in Queen's formation? How is it they just went from the band Smile to, like, now they're full-blown queen within ten minutes? Yeah. They jump over a lot to get a lot done. But uh, all in all, I have to say I thoroughly enjoyed the movie. Yeah, I did too. And you know, I'm, I'm I would say I'm all right as a Queen fan. Like I'm not a super fan. Sure. And I don't not like them. I like Queen. Mm-hmm. So well, uh, they've influenced so many people too. Yeah. That we both love Muse. Yeah. And you can't listen to a Muse album without hearing some Queen. Yeah. I mean, Muse also has some alternative, some punk influences and whatnot. But uh, Queen, I was listening back to off that album that now I'm here is off of Sheer Heart Attack. It's just heavy because I'm always usually listening to A Night at the Opera, which has some heavy songs and has Bohemian Rhapsody on it, the name of this movie. But you go back and listen to early Queen, they're just rocking mm-hmm. and they're really nerdy, like nerdy British guys. Yeah, they're they're like an operatic rush. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And well, and Rush is also Canadian, which I think hurt them in the long run. People said Rush was kept out of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame for all these years because of their politics, their fierce independent streak. It's because they wrote songs about wizards. And Ayn Rand. Yeah. It actually wasn't any of those things. It was their Canadian. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, you can't you can't mess with that. But anyway, this movie is fantastic. Um, they do a good job, I think, with it. And to be clear, it's really about Freddie Mercury's life. It is not a true history of the band. It's more, how do we tell the story of Freddie and hit the high notes, hit a clear theme of Freddie's life within that world mm-hmm. without going too far? I was worried they were going to go too far into the, the sex and the drugs and the debauchery. 
Um, but they really, I mean, outside of that scene where he was in the club, right? They they really only hit the, the aftermath portions of it. They implied a lot. Yeah, they're like people already know the story of Freddie Mercury's sexuality. They know he died of AIDS. Like we know these things. And so I think they did a brilliant job of showing how he was taken advantage of by a lot of people that weren't looking out for his best interests, but really theirs. Right. And how he really was lost. Uh, he was in love. The relationship with his wife, Mary, it, that I was a bit heartbroken at times watching that. That is, I, it's not a guy who led her on. Like, he's attracted to men, and but he married her anyway. No, he really loved that woman, and then he mm -hmm. kind of starts discovering these things about himself. And so it's just heartbreaking. Yeah. Yeah, that uh, the, the sort of breakup to divorce scene. I mean, they didn't mention divorce at all, but the, that scene when she was like, you're gay. You're going to have a rough life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was like, oh. I was, uh, in my mind, I was just like, get out of there. Lady. But there is a great culmination to all this, where Freddie goes through these dark periods where he's being taken advantage of. He's very much... It's almost, the to put the movie long and short of it, it's the story of, the, of a prodigal son. Mm -hmm. And leaves his family, in this case, it's his literal family and his band family, his good close friends. And he kind of leaves and he's too full of the world. He's experiencing too much of the world, lavishing it on himself. And... He finally comes back home, and it all culminates in the Live Aid performance. And the way they set up that Live Aid performance, and they shoot it with the new actors, um, but they also kept the audio from the actual Freddy Live Aid performance. Yeah. So it, it creates the Live Aid performance, which you could go watch now, but this elevates it to a cinematic level where it's like from Freddy's perspective you get this whole backstory and then it that is the huge explosion at the end of the movie you think this guy's down and out and for instance this is just 40 seconds this is after they do Bohemian Rhapsody which after they played that it was re-released went number one for you know it was like a couple weeks I think yeah and you hear also known in the movie there's a reason it's called Bohemian Rhapsody that song really is Freddy's life is his temperament. But then after they do a lot of the songs, they do, yeah, Radio Gaga, they do Bohemian Rhapsody, he goes into the, Ayo! and this is actual audio from that Live Aid performance. Hundreds of thousands of people, millions, if not billions, watching all around the world, and this is the response to Freddie. Nuts. And, it, and I'm glad they really do, like, deliver it. Because at that point, you realize this is a man who knows he's going to die. Like, he knows he has AIDS. He knows this is, like, probably his last hurrah. And for somebody to know and to go out that way yeah. is remarkable. I 
it's not the perfect movie, like I said at the beginning, but if you like Queen or if you like any story, a prodigal son story about somebody who's lost, kind of finds their way near the end of life, go see this movie, Bohemian Rhapsody. Mm-hmm. Really good stuff. No, no, we got somebody on the phone already. Was that something I said? No, it's probably something I said, but who knows? 272-9228 if you want to join in. Just hanging out with Troy here on a Monday. News talk, you're on there. Who's this? Soldier Boy. Hey, what's up, man? Hey, talk about Prodigal Son. Um, I had a drink at the graveside of the true Prodigal Son in Paris. Really? Yeah, Jim Morrison. Really? Yeah, his graveside's there. I had a shot of... of, uh, Booze there uh, with Jim Bean for him because he was a big time drinker. You know his his poetic oh, yeah. name was the Snake King. Yeah, and you know talk about prodigal son. His dad was a rear admiral in the navy, and he was just wanted to be just revolt against his father so bad. It's funny how that happens. How these Isn't rock it? stars come from these yeah. driven, very buttoned up, you know, families. Yeah, and that's the similarities when he was saying that. And let me ask you another question, too. Is it not true that Freddie uh, sung some opera in his early days? You mean professionally? Yeah. I don't think professionally. I think he was, he took less musical lessons. Ah, that might be. Okay. And he had a, I mean, he says it in the movie. He had a, a strange, something weird going on with his mouth anatomically to where it allowed him more range. And actually, the guy who I think his name is Mark Martell, who I saw here live in Montgomery, dude. I think he was. I saw Mark Martell here live in Montgomery, and he helped create recreate some of the uh, scenes in the movie. So it wasn't just straight lip syncing. And this guy sounds just like Freddie Mercury, and he figured out himself how Freddie would do. He almost said Freddie had four different voices. Like, now, where'd you go see it at? What theater? Uh, the Chantilly Theater out there. Okay. Chantilly, please tell me they had it at the, on the the Big D screen. We didn't see it in the Big D. They might have earlier, but... I don't I don't even know what was showing in the Big D. I wasn't paying yeah. attention. I mean, the Big D would have been awesome with that music, you know, and that, mm-hmm. that, that t- it the sound and everything. It's worth it. If you like Queen's music, go see it, folks. Oh, yeah. I mean, I grew up on Queen, you know, and it's just... It's very... And was he born in... Was it in Argentina or where? Freddie? Somewhere. Yeah. Freddie was born in the Middle East. Yeah, I believe India, right? No. Uh, it, or he, Pakistan. He was a, a copyright Christian Zoroastrian. Yeah, Zoroastrian. Because I watched uh, Amazing Race, and then one of the houses they had to go to was the birthplace of Freddie Mercury. And I think it was in the Middle East, but not. It was one of those small little Middle Eastern countries, I guess, then. It was yeah, one of those real, real, real small ones. Yeah, his, uh, his family was, they said they were chased out. And so no, they came and in. I was reading too that you know Annie Lennox. I didn't know uh, she also too. She had uh, professional training in opera singing. He was born in a British protectorate of Zanzibar. Ah, now part of Tanzania. <laughs> Tanzania, that's it. That's the okay. country they went to. Yeah, that's Middle East, right? I I don't know. Tan- Tanzania <laughs> is probably that. Hey, after three drinks at happy Africa. hour, it's. It's Middle East to me. <laughs> you know, you, you mentioned Jim Morrison. There's actually a, a pretty cool quote in the movie um, when Mary, his ex-wife, although still, I would say... Good friend, yeah. Yeah. Uh, she she tells him, uh, you're burning the candle at both ends, and he yeah. says, it makes the light look so lovely. That's, that's what Jim Morrison wow. and a lot of, I feel like a lot of people in that time period did. Yeah. Jim you know Morrison, what's weird is the band never got back together, never did a tribute or anything. Queen 
or the no, doors? The doors. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Queen obviously did get back together. In Tanzania or Zanzibar, was it's in Africa. Uh, I was right okay. about that. Cool. I tell you, they said it was the number one, the number third uh, uh, tourist site to see. First, of course, was the Eiffel Tower. Two was the Mona Lisa, which she was overrated. And three was Jim Morrison's great, great site. Really? So yeah. they're Every, sort of like an Edgar Allan Poe type situation? Yeah, There's yeah always exactly. Yeah. yeah, and they were trying to chase the head candles. They had posters of his headstone and everything. And, wow. and the police always tried to stop people having a toast to Jim, you know. And we had some Jim Beam. As soon as in it, next thing you know, you see the old French police coming with their bobby sticks, you know, trying to do some, uh, they call police tactics. <laughs> but we, we had so many shots in us, we probably wouldn't have felt it if they hit us. Well, I appreciate the call, man. All right, guys. Yeah, that's got to be a cool thing to visit. And it's funny how some of these rock stars do become almost like martyrs, and not not in the sense of a martyr for a big big cause of like you know Christian martyr or the Islamic martyr, but they do become these weird sort of martyrs for whatever it is we mean by rock and roll. Yeah, yeah, I suppose in a way you're right. Well, it goes back to what you were saying about you know burning the candle at both ends, and that line of it. Okay, it looks beautiful in this light. Is okay. Most people either live a pretty buttoned up or average life on purpose because it's not as risky. And I mean, most I live that life. We all kind of live our suburban life. Um, and we don't take any crazy risk. Or if you do take crazy risks, you lose. <laughs> and yeah. there, we don't often hear the story of like the people who lose, who are never good. Um, well, I was thinking about this watching some wrestling the other day. A guy named Kevin Sullivan, and he's like trying to be a big star in WCW in the early nineties. It's like he really tried. He really, really, really tried, and he was never good. Never good. <laughs> Had no charisma, and it's just like I'm. It's you feel bad for that sort of person. So when the, somebody takes a risk, not only that they took the risk and made the effort, but they succeed, and then they have this amazing natural gift like Freddie Mercury had. There's something, or Jim Morrison had. There's something about those people when they die in an unfortunate circumstance. It just takes them to the next level. Yeah, I suppose that, I mean, that's that's true. I don't think we really get it a lot nowadays. And I think it's more because, like, say, death by overdose mm. is not as romanticized. Like, yes. they released the autopsy report for this rapper named Mac Miller. I, yeah. I, I've never listened to him. I, I don't know any of his songs, but he was, by all accounts, very popular. Yes. He died of a combining cocaine and fentanyl. And his death was not one that was sort of celebrated. No. And it it didn't like uh, it didn't like shoot him up the charts in popularity. Like when the lead singer on Lincoln Park committed suicide, like all of a sudden their albums are like number one on iTunes. Um, and the the community that was a fan of his is more like. You know, if if you have a problem, you should talk about it. Yeah. And so, I think today it's more like, you know, that that person didn't have to die. Right. Oh, and when I found out how I Prince mean, that, died, that, that wouldn't have helped Freddie. 
obviously no. once once you go from hiv to aids yeah especially since it was what like three years after they had discovered, discovered it yeah it was a death sentence yeah it really was um today luckily if you're hiv positive i mean there are ways people can stay alive and you don't just have to be rich and it doesn't yeah turn into full-blown aids yeah where he technically died of age-related pneumonia right right that freddie mercury did um, yeah, but I was saying, like, when I found out how Prince died, like, alone in an elevator, fentanyl, it's like, okay, that's terrible. Yeah. There's nothing romantic or redeeming about it. And, you know, this is going to sound macabre, but if you were, say, Prince, mm. and you wanted to die, and say, I don't know, uh, in a right-to-die state, you know, where you kind of go out with dignity. If well, it's kind of what Hunter S. Thompson did. He's like, I'm going to go out on my own terms and do something nuts. Well, this this is a macabre thought. I mean, yeah. just imagine Prince being like, you know what, guys, I'm, I'm done with existence. Sure. I'm going to have a concert, and I'm going to die on stage. That, as macabre as it would sound, as macabre as it sounds, would be, I mean, God, kind of cool. Well, to go out on your own terms doing what you love, sure. I mean, it's kind of like that story I saw. I can't remember the guy's name. But a legendary Italian playboy. So, And he was sleeping with women from the time he was like 17, 18. He was a promoter for a club. Hmm. Slept with thousands of women from all... Women would flock to this one place in Italy just to hang out with him. Yeah, and he was this Fabio-looking dude, long hair. Is this recent or is this? Yeah, this is oh, like okay. a couple months ago. And uh, imagine if there's some guy, just how different the cultures are. Montgomery, there's some player out there who's sleeping with all the ladies and like lock up your daughters and your wives, gentlemen. And it's like this guy's just so charming. Can you imagine the mayor of Montgomery, Todd Strange, like putting out a statement in that guy's honor for that reason? No, but no. the name of Todd Strange is <laughs> serendipitous to the circumstances. Yes, but this is what happened in that Italian town. This guy was so famous for being a playboy, uh, the mayor of that town said he was a legend of the night and went out doing what he loved. He apparently died in the back of a car mid-coitus. Oh, wow. So you would, you would and, characterize his state of death as turgid? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Rigor mortis set in pretty quickly. And he was honored by the town. So that's, I mean, you, you don't, it's always, I think, weird to think about your death. But if you knew the exact day, kind of like Freddie knew this was coming up, and they do it very well in the movie, of, I don't want to be somebody's martyr. Right. I don't want to be the guy who's the victim. I want to be. I want to go out the guy who can light your hair on fire and make the whole world sing, like he was doing with it. Really cool stuff. That's why I like that movie a lot. But uh, I want to shift gears here. Hard shift, downshift. Have you seen uh, something about this Uamuamua? Uh, it's called O U M U A M U A. I think that's Uamuamua. Uh, I know. I, well, scientists have been puzzling over it. Uamuamua. Is it some sort of ancient geological site? No, it's uh, 
Oumuamua, they've been, it's been puzzling scientists ever since uh, this mysterious space object was observed tumbling past the sun in late 2017. Here, uh, look at this photo of it. It looks like a big, you know, solid... Talk about turgid. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But it's like, it's an asteroid, folks, that very much looks like a, a cylinder. Like a spacecraft, if you will. If you will. So a pair of Harvard researchers are raising the possibility that Oumuamua is an alien spacecraft. It is the first interstellar object detected passing through the solar system, formally designated 1L 2017 U1. So, so it, I suppose it is better to say Oumuamua than yeah that. But in a paper published on November the 12th, the Astrophysical Journal Letters... These two Harvard researchers said, quote, the object may be a fully operational probe sent intentionally to Earth vicinity by an alien civilization. Did they really have to say fully operational? The use of the word probe, <laughs> whilst sort of on the nose, is accurate. Now, the researchers aren't claiming outright that aliens sent Oumuamua, but after a careful mathematical analysis of the way the interstellar object sped up as it shot past the sun, they say Oumuamua could be a spacecraft pushed through space by light falling on its surface, or as they put it in the paper, a light sail of artificial origin. So, that picture you showed me, that was obviously an artist rendering? Yes. Okay, and these people are astrophysicists that publish this paper? Yes. And they have no knowledge of how gravitational pull can slingshot things? Right. You know, orbits aren't exactly well, they, circular. They do, and you, I, I would hope that it's better than what you and I could solve it in just a second with some basic physics. But I, I, Well, it's just it's interesting to me that with all the math that they used, they decided that somehow this was a fully operational probe. No, it, would, it doesn't really stand to reason that, I mean, I, I don't know it's where it traveled from, but if it was an interstellar object and it passed over the sun, that means that it was somewhere in between Earth and the sun, which is, what, 293 million miles away? Right. So how, through mathematics, were they able to determine the optimal point at which it could observe Earth as an extraterrestrial craft and then fly away is... You know what? That's above my pay grade. Yeah, Joey. likewise, but it's just this headline grabbed me. And it is a weird-looking asteroid. Plus, the, the pronunciation of that, Oumuamua, mm -hmm. I, I, I would love to get a history of that word. Yeah, me too. We could, I mean, we could look into this. This can be a continuing story. But uh, they're not sure. They're not certain. Avi Loeb is one of the co-authors of the paper. Impossible to guess the purpose behind Oumuamua. But it's like a ship bumping into a buoy on the surface of the ocean. Hmm. Interesting. I don't know. Oumuamua is tumbling rather than smoothly rotating and moving so fast relative to the sun that there is no chance it originated in the solar system. It also means that Oumuamua cannot be captured into a solar orbit. Makes sense. So it will eventually leave the solar system and travel through interstellar space. Now, there are, of course, other scientists saying one should not blindly accept this clever hypothesis when there is also a mundane, more likely explanation for Oumuamua, namely that it's a comet or asteroid from afar. 
in science, we must ask ourselves, where is the evidence not? Where is the lack of evidence so that I can fit in any hypothesis that I like? Thank you. Yeah. But it is a clever hypothesis, and it grabbed headlines. The name comes from Hawaiian, uamuamua, meaning scout. Huh. From u, meaning reach out for, mua, reduplicated for emphasis, meaning first and in advance of. And reflects the way this object is like a scout or messenger sent from the distant past to reach out to humanity. That makes sense in a sort of ancient cultural description of the unknown sort of thing. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Scouting. Course, I don't think the ancient cultures had much, or perhaps the Mayans did, had a concept of how time dilates yeah. over distance. Just, I don't think we're ready for aliens. Like, I saw somebody posting, and this is, goes into how humans being scapegoat, we always need a scapegoat to help us come together. Mm -hmm. Like, we don't usually work well together unless, oh, that's a common enemy that's causing all our problems. And we work together pretty well. Um, so somebody said, let's make aliens the scapegoat. I don't think we're ready for that. Well, I mean, there's a caravan approaching, and people call them aliens. You're listening to the Joey Clark Radio It's upset Hour. a great number of people, Joey. Indeed, it has. On both sides. Yeah. Hey, all these symbolic political fights, that's what tomorrow's all about. Get out there and do your duty, folks. That's why we need Uamuamua from yesterday. Exactly. Bring us all together. We'll be right back after this. Joey Clark. Whatever came of you and me, America's new bride to be. Don't worry, babe, I'm safe and sound. Down in the dungeon, just creatures and me. simple bass can fill out a sound. Yeah, it really is. I don't know, it's also interesting how, like, certain guys, and they touch on it in the movie, like, certain guys, when they make sound together, it just comes out fantastic. Mm -hmm. It's like Led Zeppelin. All those guys had been in their own respective bands. They, people had heard them in their other bands, like, this is where they get their name. Gonna go over like Led Zeppelin. What is it, Townsend of the Who said that or something? Mm hmm And yet, together, it's like, okay, you make beautiful music. Yeah, like like Them Crooked Vultures has John Paul Jones, mm. Dave Grohl, mm. the lead singer of Queens of the Stone Age, and Ooh. it's all really good, but... It's not the same. I would rather listen to John Paul Jones and Led Zeppelin. Yeah. I would rather listen to Dave Grohl and the Foo Fighters. Well, there's, I, I'll, take, yeah. I'll take Dave Grohl Foo Fighters over Dave Grohl Nirvana. Oh, me too. 
on it. I can't believe I'm about to say this. Save me. Nirvana is overrated. <laughs> I think Nirvana is overrated. In what sense? In the sense of how much they're hailed. Yes, the general sense. As like bands I want to listen to, even from that era, I'd rather listen to Pearl Jam. Okay. okay. I'd rather listen to Soundgarden than Nirvana. Okay. I see what you're saying. I'm not saying Nirvana's bad. I'm just saying overrated. This goes back to what we were talking about over the break. Mm-hmm. You know, the attractiveness bump. Oh, yes. Let's fill the audience in. This okay. is my new rule in politics, ladies and gentlemen, and especially if you're watching the midterms tomorrow. You can fall back on Joey's rule. If the polls are too close to call, say it's Arizona. It's cinnamon. cinnamon? No, it's not cinnamon. Cinnamon? Samsonite? Samsonite. <laughs> swammy, swammy. No, Samsonite. Yeah. No, the Democrat. The blonde Democrat. Mm-hmm. Cinema. Yes, that's her name. And McSally, the Republican. Terrible name. Uh, yeah, fair enough. But if she's a veteran, how dare you, sir? How dare you make fun of her last name? Well, well we'll get to that in a second. I'm making fun of veterans. But... <laughs> We're not going to do it. We're just going to report on it, to be clear. But say it's cinema and McSally, and it's getting down to it, where you're like, ooh, I don't know. Like, the exit, they're not even doing exit polling. It's too close. They're not even going to call it yet. They're going to let, like, 70, 80% of the vote come in before they call it. If it's that close to call, go with the person who has more attractiveness. And by that, I mean sex appeal. You have that there's a bump. And it's not just women. It can apply if it's... Two men, too close to call, go with the better-looking guy. True. I think it's a, the rule will win out. And regarding grunge music, I think there's a, a suicide bump. Oh, really? Or murder. Now, if, if you're, you if, you're real, if you're singing music full of angst and anger and, I mean, in some case, forlornness and fragmentation. I'm just saying, what happened to Kurt Cobain has created an air of mystique that you would not otherwise find in, say, early Pearl Jam. Fair enough. Fair enough. Which well, and it gets back to credence to the fact that you say they're overrated. I would agree. It, well, it goes back to this whole idea of, you know, Jim Morrison, he dies young. Janis Joplin, she dies young. Mm-hmm. Janis is amazing. Morrison was amazing. Jimi Hendrix dies young. I think they're all amazing musicians, but because they died young, they're almost like rock and roll martyrs, so they're Put up a bag or two. They got eaten by the shark rather right. than jumping. And so the same applies to Kurt Cobain. Though I love Jimmy Carr's joke. Not Kurt Cobain. Always shooting his mouth off. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy Carr <sighs> is... Proper jokes. <laughs> He's... He is one of the most irreverent comedians, yes. especially with his audience interactions. So good. It's and we can't repeat them here on air. We're not even going to try to tiptoe around them here. Like, can you say the c word? No. Uh, rhymes with rock. No. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely not. Okay. No. 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 Let's just skip over Jimmy Carr okay. because there is such a thing as irreverent humor. But if you're taking down everybody, it just doesn't have a place on FCC radio or Montgomery, Alabama radio. Just doesn't. No, we're not doing any Jimmy Carr here tonight, Troy. Okay. But when it comes to being upset about comedy, I think people overshoot it often. Because number one, comedians, when, whether they're doing stand-up or improv or sketch comedy, they're comedians. 
they're supposed to be, from the get-go, we understand this is a bit flippant. This is not serious. This is the joke man trying to attempt to make me go, ha, ha, ha. Yeah. Make, we me, should make me laugh, funny man. Make me laugh, funny man. Okay, so Pete Davidson. Who? Pete Davidson. He's the gangly-looking dude on SNL. I don't really watch SNL. Yeah, uh, not the guy with the eye patch here, but the other guy. Oh, recognize I, him? Genuinely not familiar with him at all. He was dating Ariana Grande. Day. She's Grant. a singer? Yeah. She had that awful year. Yeah, she had she terrible, was in, she had in Manchester. Year. Yeah, a terrible year. Yeah, that was a terrible year. She just had a terrible year. Apparently, she just broke up with this gangly-looking dude. Oh. Well, I mean, he... I mean, that's a... It's a good-looking Adam's apple. Sure. I, he's going to land on his feet if he chooses. Right. But uh, you see the guy with the eye patch next to him. Yes. Yeah. All right. So, Davidson made fun of that guy. Because Davidson was doing a segment on Weekend Update where he's saying, I'm going to give my first impression, just first blush, of seeing a candidate out there on the election trail. I'm going to give my first impression of them. Okay. So it's like, just picture, go. Okay. Here's what I think is funny. And I believe this guy with the eye patch, his name is uh, Dan Crenshaw. Yeah, Dan Crenshaw. Well, Davidson said... Something like, what is it? When a photo of Crenshaw came up during this first impressions bit, Davidson joked that he looked like a hitman from a porno due to his eye patch. And he said, quote, Davidson, I'm sorry, I know he lost his eye in war or whatever, as he laughed. Whatever. Now there are people very upset because Crenshaw lost his eye... His right eye in Afghanistan due to an IED. Shrapnel hit him in the face. Oof. I was going to say eye-losing accident. Yeah, it was, uh, it was bad. Uh, IED blew up and it almost took out both eyes. Like, it's amazing the guy's alive. But here's the thing, folks. A lot of people were, of course, offended on Crenshaw's behalf. Kenan Thompson even came out. Fellow cast member of Pete Davidson said, yeah, I think he missed the mark there. But... But I loved this quote from Dan Crenshaw, the guy with the eye patch who got the, his, lost his eye in battle. He's the veteran running for Congress. Right. He said to TMZ, quote, I want us to get away from this culture where we demand apologies every time someone misspeaks. Mm -hmm. I think that we would be very healthy for our nation to go in that direction. We don't need to be outwardly outraged. I don't need to demand apologies from them, I'm assuming SNL. They can do whatever they want, you know. They're feeling the heat from around the country right now, and that's fine. So, yeah. awesome! Yeah. I would say, if we were to have Keenan Thompson yeah. as an arbiter of comedy, for him to say that, what's that fellow's name, Davidson? Pete Davidson. Yeah. For him to say he missed the mark. No. Yeah. I think what he was saying was that joke wasn't funny. Right. And I agree with him. Yeah, the, the guy with... I, I knew somebody was going to say something about Crenshaw. The man's got an eye patch. Yeah. So if you don't know that he lost it in war... I mean, whenever you see somebody with an eye patch... I automatically think they're a part of the Apache Indian tribe. Right. If there's something... Well, really, you went with a pun-based joke there. I think lost in translation hits nine times out of ten on that. <laughs> 
Okay. I think Mr. Crenshaw would agree. Or usually there's an easy pirate reference there oh, to yeah. be made. But, okay, you're going to look at him and go, why did you, is it temporary? No, it's all the time. Right. It's not like a, they got and, it, he's got his eyes and, eye dilated. And, but also, what a story. Like, I'm running for Congress, and I wear an eye patch, and I wear a beard, and I was a Navy SEAL or something like that. Whoa, uh, this was, guy's a bee. What he, a bamf. Was he Special Forces? Yeah, he was Special Forces. Wow. So, I mean, obviously, if you're Special Forces, I, I'm just going to go ahead and speak for all of them, even though I'm not a part of it. Sure. You can take a joke. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, after the stuff they put you through, yeah. in order to become an operator, right. so to speak, you, you probably take a joke. You can take a joke. but And here's what exactly Kenan Thompson said. Uh, he said, My father's a veteran, Vietnam, and I personally would never necessarily go there, but it's tough when you're fishing for jokes. Like, that's how stand-ups feel. Like, there's no real filters out there in the world when they're trying to go for a great joke or whatever. And we try to respect that, but at the same time, when you miss the mark, you're offending people. So you have to be a little more aware in my opinion, he, Davidson, definitely missed the mark. And many called out Davidson for being insensitive. But I go back to what Crenshaw says. He doesn't need to apologize. Yeah. When a funny guy goes for a joke, we're in comedy land, and it doesn't land, you can apologize for it if you want. You can say, I'm sorry, that joke didn't work. But, like, the, the, take it even further, though, because here's the thing. We are caught in the middle of some big culture war. And I will say, people on the left, like, how they went after Roseanne, how they went after a few folks, like, and they try to deplatform people and get people fired. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. Yep. At the same time, I see it on the right. Yeah? James Gunn. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. That's right. That's from a guy from the right. And in many and this is exactly I'm remembering the timeline now. Roseanne got fired for her stupid Valerie Jarrett tweet. Yeah. Which she still to this day goes, I didn't even know she was black. Uh, also the I ex- thought she was Jewish like me. The excuse that Ambien makes you somehow racist is no, I think no, yeah, I that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I would encourage you though, go watch the interview uh Roseanne did recently, like in the last few weeks with Joe Rogan. You'll be like all right, she's she's just crazy. Oh, I, yeah. She's just been saying crazy crap for years now, on Twitter for years now. Like, what she said, and all she did was say it about Valerie Jarrett, that photo that everybody put up, Roseanne didn't put that together. Other people did. She doesn't have a creative bone in her body. I know. But, it just, okay, so Roseanne gets fired for that. I think it was more of those executives at ABC were looking to fire her. They're like, oh, no, we've got a monster on our hands, and what did we do here? It's making money, it's good in the ratings, but we can't... I I feel uncomfortable! So she gets fired. So people on the right, obviously, get upset. So they react by going back into James Gunn, director of Guardians of the Galaxy, some of my favorite movies of recent vintage. They find something he tweeted like 10 years ago, which, by the way, folks, if you have Twitter delete that crap. Go back and look at your early tweets. Mm, it's bad. Just please do that and, and curate them. Yeah. But here's the thing. How many people do you think actually who are upset on behalf of Roseanne actually watch Roseanne? Uh, I, I 
Don't I know. just don't think that many of them do. I think they just go, Roseanne's a Trump supporter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm a Trump supporter. So she got fired for essentially being like me. Those, I'm mad. Those leftists. Right. And, like, I get it. Yeah. I, but I'm, I'm tired of it. You no, know, I, pl- I blame these companies. Like, these e- executives who are so quick. Guys, just give it 48 hours at least. Mm-hmm. Give it a little time. Yeah. Because and it's easy to whip up an outrage mob, especially online. Give it a little time. So I, I tip my hat to Mr. Crenshaw. Number one, because he does sound like a true, excuse me, pardon me, badass. Like this guy, special forces, loses an eye. I expect to see him in Congress. Can I make another pun? Yeah. I think he sees the joke for what it really is. Yeah? Yeah. Mm. He just sees right through it. Yeah, he, he crosses all the T's and dots his lowercase You know, size. the difference between SNL and, say, stand-up comedy is mm-hmm. with stand-up comedy, if a joke doesn't hit, you have multiple shows where you sure. can work on your bit. Right. I'm not sure if they rehearse in they front do, of live audiences. They do. They do address rehearsal at SNL. One? One, I believe. So you don't get really well, and they'll do like so, to they'll, evolve the joke. Yeah, they'll cut some things. And sometimes it, it might have been improv. It might have been, Pete, we're going to throw up photos and you make a line. Gotcha. And then, I mean, he said all sorts of self-deprecating stuff about himself. I, I mean, the whole tone of the sketch of the bit was him just ripping on people and himself. So it's like, okay, this yeah. guy's ripping on everybody, including himself. And he, yeah, he went too far, or not even too far. It just wasn't a funny joke. Like, it's true. When's the last time you saw a hitman in a porno? A seventies porno. Yeah, it just was it. Did he say seventies porno? I I think or he just, just said hitman in a oh, porno. Okay. Yeah, I don't know what I'm thinking. I mean, it it wouldn't be out of place in a seventies porno. Yeah, it's just I think most people hear this and they go, okay, number one, don't make fun of a veteran. Like you know, but here's the interesting wrinkle. And any veterans out there, I want you to tell. To me about this on air or off air two seven two nine two two eight. I live with a veteran. You know who I'm talking about, and I'm not going to give his name, but he served Afghanistan, Iraq. Was away from his family for a while. He served. He's out of the military now. Mm-hmm. Every time somebody comes on the television and is like, "I'm a Marine," or I'm, "I served in the Army." He rolls his eyes. It's like, oh, there you go. Wearing it on your sleeve. Like, he is, you can tell he's physically annoyed. He's so annoyed there are physical manifestations of how annoyed he is. To be, and I'm not to sure be what it fair is. to that, that's, that could just be his face. That could be his face. Or it could be like the branches, the rivalry, because he was Navy. Right. So maybe he's just like, oh, look at this Army guy, this Marine guy here, talking about how he's hurt. So maybe it's that. I don't know. But he is very expressive but it's, with his face. It's interesting, though, to me. Any protected group that is like you do not make fun of them, mm-hmm. especially if you're not part of the group, it's always interesting to go talk to those people and how they rip on each other within the group. Yeah. Did you hear about the Air Force Army game? So they usually play pranks on each other in the week leading up to the game. Yeah. Well, someone went into the colonel from... Somebody, a group of cadets from Army went into, like, the colonel's house at the Air Force Academy, and they took the Falcon. Mm-hmm. And this is where they made a crucial error. They injured the Falcon. 
to where it might have had to been euthanized. What? Yeah. But just pranks occur, and sometimes they go wrong, but these guys rip on each other all the time. There's so much history of them just making fun of each other. Right. To where sneaking into a colonel's house and stealing a a, a, a pet bird, as it were, it's just pranks, bro. That's not off limits. It's just but, pranks. But then they almost killed it. Yeah, that's a bit bad. that that that's part's bad. off. Limits. Animal cruelty. That's you know when your pranks going a little wrong. And, like and the bird talking, dies. They're talking to like the the Air Force communications guy after the game, and he's like, "We don't know yet. It's a waiting game with regards to the Falcon." And I just the said, Falcon's okay, by the way. It's not dead. Well, and but, it's it's going to survive. Oh, that's good. But good, good. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. But uh, I just actually had a, a listener write in. He says, uh, active duty veteran and current reserve. We don't give up. I was like, interesting. Can you ask him if the Apache joke hit? <laughs> Not. <laughs> it's so stupid it might have, Troy. It might have hit. Because it's that bad. Oh, my goodness. It's just, I don't know. I, uh. I, I am all with Mr. Crenshaw here. Yeah. Like one hundred percent. Let's no need constantly needing to apologize. Oh, I'm so sorry. And you know what? If somebody didn't say something about you oh, by the way, he, the guy who just he said, Yeah, the Apache joke did hit. It did hit. You you've you've accomplished something tonight, Troy. Okay. Whew. Whew. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just we half the time. It is people that aren't even the ones who are the butt of the joke taking offense on behalf of some other group. Right. In order to not really be all that offended, they're not actually hurt. They just know it's useful in order to get what they want and take down some opposition. Have you asked uh, JG about the kneeling thing? The kneeling thing? Yeah, in the NFL. Oh. You know, most veterans I've talked to about that and active uh, duty members. They it, they find it not like they find it offensive or disrespectful is more the word right. But it's not something that like ruins their day. It's yeah. more like come on, man. The 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 opinions that I've heard's been like I don't like it, but I get it. Right. Yes. And it's it like I'm not now I I have not heard a dissenting opinion about it to where someone's like I hate it. You know, gets all fired up. About oh, it. right, right. I haven't heard that, but you I've know, heard that. <laughs> I haven't I haven't polled a lot of. Right. People. Right. I've asked like three. Oh, that gets people worked up. Here, let's go to the phones. 272-9228. News talk, you're on there. Who's this? This is David. Hey, David. We've got a little bit of time left here. What's up? Hey, uh, I was uh, listening to radio, and I love it, by the way. Thank you, sir. I love your show every night. I love you uh, with all your other uh, cohorts. Uh, your guest tonight uh, kind of ticked me off a little bit tonight. I, I just wanted to say my piece. Uh, you don't have to agree with me. No, what, what a, exactly did Troy say that made you angry? Well, I'm a uh, 13-time uh, deployed vet. I've never been injured. I've never lost an eye. But I do have uh, PTSD a little bit. Not mm. enough to uh, claim benefits or anything else. Uh, but I don't, I don't like jokes about it. I don't like jokes about... Uh, my compatriots who have lost eyes and arms and, and ankles, I don't think it's funny. I don't think it's a, uh, a point of humor. Hmm. I don't think the face that a person makes 
in reaction to somebody making a joke about it. That, that's what your uh, your guest made a joke about. I, I don't care for it at all. I don't think that's a point of contention, if that makes sense. I'm a little, Sorry, I'm, I'm a little I'm a little uh, worked up, so uh, I'm not speaking as clearly as I should. But yeah, I, I don't really care for it. Okay. I'm, I'm but I'm a little lost on what exactly he said that got you worked up. Uh, I I don't like jokes about uh, in first hand or second hand or third hand about vets losing eyes or any other body part. I, I just don't. I don't think that's a point of humor. Oh, when I said it was a eye losing accident. Yeah. I uh, yeah that was that was bad. Okay. I I'm sorry that I upset you. No no I'm sorry and and I do love your show I I love everything you do I love the uh, the uh, liberal slant you put to a Republican talk show which I do love I listen to everybody uh, throughout your talk show all day. And I love what you bring. You bring a counterbalance, uh, a very needed counterbalance to it. I, I just, I, I don't think a wounded vet is a point of uh, topic when it comes to making fun of them. I just, I, just, I really don't. Well, I, I don't think, and just speak on Troy's behalf, I, I don't think we're making fun of the fact that this man lost an eye of anything we're saying that what he did is, well, it's awesome in a sense that he would put himself out there like that. Uh, you you guys have to realize that we are you. Yeah. That when we we sign up and we deploy, we're not badasses. We don't uh, we don't sign up with some heroic effort. We sign up for Medicaid. I mean, for uh, military uh, medical benefit, for college benefit. But we are your average Joe that is next door to you. Right, and you sometimes so when, do when we, incredibly heroic things and going through. Yeah, that. but but we don't do it for heroic causes. Is what I'm saying is we do it. To make a living like you do. Hear, we make choices you. in life for certain things. But because we deploy overseas and we get ourselves in a situation where we get hurt, I mean, it, it's I don't want to be a hero is what I'm saying. I hear you. It, it, I mean, I hate to cut you off, but I'm, I'm literally out of time. Ten seconds. But I appreciate okay. the call, man. I really hey, do. Hey, I love your, I love your show. Well, I really you. do. Thank you. Have a good right, rest you of guys the have a good one. Thank you. Well... This is live radio, ladies and gentlemen. Troy, thank you for joining me, man. You're you're welcome. Yes. Joey Clark.